Dust can be produced virtually anywhere and falls into three major categories. Many times an industrial dust collector not only protect the people, but they also protect the equipment itself in the plant. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Clean Air, where we find out more about how clean air can affect the quality process for you and the workplace. I'm your host, Jacob Stewart, and in this episode, we're going to be discussing frequently asked questions about industrial dust and dust safety. With me today is KFL APC's John Dauber. So how are you doing today, John? I'm doing terrific. Great. Uh, to start things off, can you tell me more about uh, your position and what you do here at Campville? Yes, I've been with Camphill for 22 years. Currently, I am the automotive market manager and also am the uh, regional manager for the uh, West Coast. So I've been doing this for a long time, had a lot of fun doing it, met a lot of good people. And more importantly, I think uh, we've made the workplace a safer place to work and uh, a healthier place to work. We're glad to have you here with us today. We're just going to go over just a few questions that we frequently receive. And the first of those questions is, what is dust? Well, dust consists of uh, tiny particles of dry solid matter. It, it begins as airborne particles, but eventually settles on flat surfaces. Dust can be produced virtually anywhere and falls into three major categories, environmental, household, and industrial. Uh, one thing to note is that the uh, wet airborne particles are uh, called mist, and they come with their own hazards as far as safety and health and require uh, different attention and equipment to deal with those types of particles. Now, does Camfield cover all three of these major categories when it comes to dust collection? Yes, we do, uh, including mist. So how how is dust made? Well, there's several ways how dust is generated. Uh, we have household dust, which is just basically from living in your house, consists of human skin cells, fabric, dirt, hair, and pollen, living in dead dust mites, food more, just uh, a lot of places where dust can be generated right there in your home. Now, what about environmental dust? Environmental dust is usually from the local uh, environment. It could be pollen, it could be dirt, animal fur, dead insects, mites. We see a lot of uh, smoke from some of the forest fires out west that actually get to Nebraska. So that would be more of a, a environmental dust. And you also mentioned both industrial and mist particles. Now, where, now where do both of those tend to originate from? Well, those typically are from a, in a factory uh, where they're manufacturing a part, uh, anywhere from wood to metal, pharmaceutical, and maintenance facilities where they may be repairing equipment. So really, anytime something is produced or manufactured, uh, there can be industrial dust generated that can cause uh, safety and hazard concerns. So could you go a little bit further into what industrial dust is? Well, industrial dust is also known as process dust, and, and it's generally uh, 
during a facility manufacturing or process operations such as cutting, drilling, grinding or sawing, uh, welding. Process dust can also come from materials, chemicals or ingredients used in the production such as flour, sugar and pharmaceuticals. Operations like welding and plasma cutting also produce tiny particles, but they are called fumes or smoke, and they still fall into that dry dust uh, category. So would you say that there are different categories to industrial dust itself? Oh, definitely. How they're generated, each dust, what the hazard can be, what the health concerns can be, and In many instances, the equipment cannot run without some type of collection system on that piece of equipment. You mentioned that there could be various health concerns with dust. Can you go further into how dust can be dangerous to your health? As many people, uh, just on household dust, you could have allergies and, you know, during the, the high pollen count seasons or from smog or just pollution in the air can cause you some issues, whether you have asthma or other types of breathing issues. In industrial dust, however, uh, can be far more dangerous. It could contain metals and chemicals that can be harmful if inhaled or contacted. Also, some process dust are combustible, which can trigger uh, workplace explosions and, and fire if not handled properly. Uh, combustible dust may be collected and properly contained to ensure worker and health safety. There's been several cases in the newspaper or in the news of factories having issues with combustible dust and basically have an explosion that has ruined or leveled the whole facility. And that's one of the main concerns that we have when we consider a dust collector, how we capture that dust and how we filter it. Also, just breathing in that air. For instance, in our own factory where we man, uh, do manufacturing, welding, laser tables, even the powder coating process, we generate a lot of dust. We put in our own dust collection system years ago, and it's amazing what it does for the workers and their health and their just attitude towards working in a clean plant. Just to kind of build off of health concerns that can come from dust itself, you mentioned how it can affect people with pre-existing conditions like allergies and asthma and things like that, but it could be just as equally harmful to people without pre-existing conditions, can it not? Yes, that's very true. In fact, it can cause conditions that years down the road could be considered pre-existing conditions. So it affects everybody, uh, whether you have issues, as I talked about a little bit before. So uh, it it affects everybody that breathes air, basically. So that's why it's so important to have a industrial dust collector. Uh, Could you go further into what an industrial dust collector is and why it's important? Well, an industrial dust collector, what we, uh, what an industrial dust collector does is it collects all the hazardous dust and fumes from the source before it could get up in the air and become airborne and settle on surfaces, getting into people's breathing zones. It can also cause problem with the uh, equipment in a plant uh, when you, the air becomes uh, airborne, such as 
electrical motors, uh, anything electrical, that dust could build up in there and cause problems with that. So many times an industrial dust collector not only protect the people, but they also protect the equipment itself in the plant. What What are some of the differences that are most noticeable with employees, like when you have a dust collector and when you don't? I just create such a better working environment and actually you can see employees attitude change if they don't have to breathe all this dust in and see a haze across the plant and and it really does help improve their health and safety and protects them from the airborne dust okay so in a lot of ways it not only improves their physical health like they're breathing in healthier air but it also improves their mental health I would say so. If you work in an office space, can you imagine if you had to deal with any type of dust in the air uh, and having knowing that most people know that breathing in dust is not good for them. So, you know, their whole attitude about, you know, having a clean workplace changes how they feel about the company that they're working for and uh, helps them out too, that knowing that they're not going to go home, you know, with dust in their nose and sneezing or coughing or whatever. It just, it just helps them mentally and, and just approve, improves their whole lifestyle and, and keeps them healthy. So it does sound like a, having an industrial dust collector is very important, like not only for the well-being of the employees, but for productivity as a whole um, and to kind of go off of that what is a cartridge dust collector a cartridge dust collector uh, is a, a collector that uses a, a cartridge style filter somewhat like your filter in your car for your engine and if you think of it that way you're you're in your filter in your car you're filtering out all of the dust that could harm that engine so uh, a cartridge uh, dust collector really there uh, previous to cartridges there were dust collectors that used polyester bags to try and filter out the dust and return it to the workspace or return it to the environment but the cartridges are a lot higher efficiency and just do a better job of collecting the dust and filtering it than a bag does so uh, the uh, the other thing we have to think about when we are collecting dust with a cartridge collector or any other type of collection device is the dust even if it's not returned to the workplace the air it goes out into the environment and then that becomes an environmental hazard and that really is part of the environmental dust that we see if it is not filtered uh, before it goes in the environment. And that is falls basically under EPA to uh, regulate the type of air and the dust that's going out of a plant. And does it matter what kind of filter cartridge that somebody uses? Yes, uh, there are some lower efficiency cartridges. Uh, there are cheap cartridges, basically. And there's been a lot in the last 20 years, 25 years, a lot of improvement on the types of media that are used in cartridges. 
how they are built. Camfield has a unique hemipleat technology that helps the length of time in between changes and the length of the filter itself. So with that, I mean, Camfield is the world leader in developing new types of medias, making them more efficient, making them last longer, and we never stop there. We always think there's another step, something better that we could come up with and have a, a huge research and development facility in Europe that, that that's all they do is constantly trying to find new medias that are better. And we've done that in the past and, and, and have come up with some pretty cool medias that really improve the cartridge itself and just how, how well it works. Our research lab not only develops new medias for dust collectors, but medias for all our divisions, uh, including our HVAC division that provides filters and air handlers that can be in plants, hospitals, offices, and anywhere there's an HVAC system. The goal is always to develop media that's higher efficiency and improve the filter life. Basically, you would say that we have a type of filter media for just about any type of application that you can think of. Yes, uh, we look at the applications and decide what type of media we need. And the media is really important. For instance, if we're dealing with a combustible dust, we use carbon impregnated cartridges that take the static electricity out of the cartridge itself, but which could create a spark and cause issues in igniting combustible dust. Okay. And I guess we'll just kind of just expand on that a little bit more. You've talked about explosions in a dust collector a little bit throughout the course of this episode, but how does an explosion in a dust collector typically occur? There's something called the dust explosion Pentagon. Uh, in order for a, an explosion to happen, you have to have an oxidant, an ignition source, dispersion of the dust. It has to be dispersed. Uh, it has to be a combustible dust that will ignite and cause an explosion. And then you have to have confinement of the dust itself within a dust collector or a vessel. Any type of vessel can have an explosion in it. It doesn't just have to be a dust collector, but a dust collector is usually the one that we, that's what we focus on because as that dust collector is operating, there's a very fine cloud of dust within that collector that's a, a real issue as far as combustibility and if it will explode right now how do we know if the dust is combustible typically we know for instance that if we're dealing with flour wood grain a lot of the dust that we deal with on an everyday basis we know it's 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 combustible metal dust uh so we ask the customer, we ask the plant, you know, what is the KST value? And that basically is, is how rapidly it will combust. Uh, and so there are uh, several independent testing companies that can take your dust sample and test it to see if it is combustible. Uh, usually it's a no, go, no test to start out with, which is fairly inexpensive. Uh, it's around seven to eight hundred dollars. And what they do is take your dust and put it in a vessel, 
and get it dispersed and ignite it or put an ignition source to it. If it doesn't go, doesn't burn, doesn't doesn't explode, you're done. Your KST value is zero. Anything greater, if it does have a type of explosion in there and it does ignite, then, then they could do a second test, which determines the KST value. Uh, anything above zero KST is considered combustible and a hazard. So these companies will take that same dust and it's a, a ASTM standard that they will test that dust and determine what the KST value is, which affects what we do in the dust collector or with the dust collector as far as protecting it from that combustible dust. And sometimes we stop the event with suppression before whatever gets started with some very sophisticated equipment. Sometimes it may just relieving that pressure within that vessel or that dust collector so it doesn't become a bomb, basically. So there's a lot of ways that uh, we could determine the type of equipment, but everything is really based on the KST value of the dust that you that you have tested. Uh, I, I think, you know, the, the cost for that is $2,200, something like that to do the full test. Most companies will do that in a heartbeat because they need to know it's a uh, it's an actually an NFPA requirement that you know the KST value of your dusts in your plants. I shouldn't say uh, NFPA requirement. It is an NFPA guideline that NFPA says you you shall have that KST value. That and again I'll, I'll go into a little bit about NFPA. NFPA they write guidelines that OSHA and insurance companies go by. They're not a regulatory agency, but they write the guidelines for all types of dust as to what you do if you do have a combustible dust. Okay, so since we've talked quite a bit about combustible dust, is dust also burnable? Yes, it can be, and that creates a whole nother hazard. Uh, say, for instance, wood dust. If you're sawing or milling or planing, wood dust that dust is flammable now flammable and combustible are two different things so what it really does if the dust is flammable that creates your ignition source that could travel to the dust collector and create that explosion or uh, in that dust collector itself so it's it's even more dangerous if it is flammable if it isn't flammable it could still have a KST value that would cause you issues in the dust collector, but it is, you know, the flammability, the higher the flammability, the more chance of creating an ignition source at where the dust is being produced, carrying it down the ductwork and into the dust collector. Okay, so we've talked about combustibility and how dust is burnable. Now with all of these potentially hazardous things, what are some additional uh, dust safety measures that someone can take? It's very important to have your dust tested uh, to understand the risks and hazards with that your type of dust. At Camfield, we do a bench test that gives us information on the dust itself as far as the size of the particle, 
you know, if it's hygroscopic, what type of cartridge or media or collector we would recommend for that. Beyond that, there are independent testing labs that you should send your dust to to understand, is it flammable? Does it have a KST value? Uh, and that's very important for us to recommend the, the correct collector and all the safety devices that need to go with it if it is explosive, if it is combustible, if it is flammable. Uh, so that's very important and actually is part of the uh, NFPA guidelines that you do know what the hazards and risks associated with your particular dust. So building off of that, are there any other like optional safety features that you can have for an industrial dust collector? Yes, there's several options or equipment that we will include with our Gold Series X-Flow. For instance, we manufacture a what we call a backdraft damper. Our name for it is a stinger. Now, there's many types of backdraft dampers available, but to be certified and be able to use to keep an event or an explosion that happens in the dust collector going back into the process, it has to be tested. Basically, it they create an explosion in a vessel and they put the, the stinger or the backdraft damper in line and it has to close at a certain amount of time. It has to keep that flame front from going back into the process. That's very important because there's some very cheap, inexpensive backdraft dampers that uh, aren't really meant to do that. They're good for some other applications, but not for an explosion or, or an event within your dust collector. There's also, we do a, a lot of fire retardant cartridges. Uh, we do cartridges that are carbon impregnated that take the static electricity out of the cartridge itself that would could cause an ignition source to to ignite that dust cloud within the collector. There's venting, which is a passive device that we use. And when we talk about the stinger or explosion venting, that's a passive device. It actually works and there's no, there's not really any controls with it. But then when we go to fire suppression, which in some cases when the KST value is, is really high or you can't put explosion venting on it either because of the location of the collector or the type of dust we're dealing with. And it's it's a basically, it, it senses that an event is starting to happen and it floods the vessel and the ductwork with sodium bicarbonate. And it, it basically takes out the oxygen in the in the air and that takes out one part of that dust explosion pentagon that we talked about earlier. So it stops the explosion before it happens. So is it okay to store collected dust in the hopper itself? That's a bad idea or practice, even if the dust is non-combustible. Uh, I'll start out with how that affects the dust collector first. If you try and store the dust in the hopper, it'll re-entrain into the cartridges and cause issues with the cartridges themselves, causing them to blind. It's just, you're, you're already, you're refiltering what you've already filtered. 
So you really don't want to do that. In the case of a combustible dust, it's even worse because now you have more fuel to feed that fire or that combustion. So you really need to evacuate that hopper constantly. There should never be uh, dust in the hopper or accumulation of dust. Obviously, there's going to be some dust. And there's a lot of ways to get rid of that dust in that hopper, either into an improved container like a, a, a barrel that, especially when it's combustible, that will meet the NFPA guidelines for that. There's airlocks that can be used, uh, NFPA approved airlocks. There's also self-dumping hoppers that we provide. So you have a, a big dust containment or, or uh, storage that doesn't affect the hopper. Again, it has to be in any of those disposals or storage devices, there has to be some type of isolation device that keeps that dust from building up in the hopper in case you do have an explosion in that container itself below the hopper. Again, we, we do it all the time. We know the regulations and what we need to do to keep that dust and, and mitigate the chances of any type of event or explosion when dealing with how to get rid of the dust. So all that being said, how do I know which dust collection system is right for me? Well, it, it really starts out with looking at your process, getting the dust tested. That's very important. Whether you go to an independent lab, we could do some of it as far as the bench tests that we do. So we understand your dust. Wood dust is not, I always refer to wood dust because everybody knows what wood, wood dust is not wood dust. There's dozens of different types of wood dust, you know, from a planer, from a saw. So it's not all the same type of dust. There's all the processes out there are a little bit different, whether it's metal or any type of dust that we're dealing with. So we want to know, again, the size. And, and so we know the size of the particle, what it is, if it's hygroscopic. So we know what cartridge to use. Uh, I think even more importantly, when we start talking about combustible dust, is going to an independent lab and getting that dust tested to see if it is combustible, if it does have a KST value and what that KST value is. If we know that the dust is combustible just from past experience, it's a requirement that we know the KST uh, because it's so important for the health and life and of the people working in the plant and also again there's uh, the uh, chemical safety board there's some videos on there that about plants blowing up killing people that sort of thing that's what we're really concerned about more than anything that we provide a collector that's safe not only in respects to keeping the dust out of the factory taking that dust out filtering it but more importantly, it, when you when you talk about combustible dust, it is a huge catastrophe if there's an explosion in that dust collector or in that plant. So we take it very, very seriously. We have since the beginning of the new NFPA guidelines, we jumped in that. So we understood NFPA uh, and the guidelines that they provide when a uh, dust is, uh, when we're dealing with all types of, of dust. 
so if we we I think we've became experts on that or at least are very well informed of what we need to do because it is such a hazard that will kill people and level plants and so that's to me is more important than just the dust in the air itself so and again we've done performance-based testing on our collectors, on our media, on our stinger, anything that we provide and build that we put on a dust collector has been performance-based tested. In other words, we've tested the collectors. I was actually at the site when we blew up a collector several times just to test the integrity of the collector, that it didn't come apart. It's pretty amazing if you've ever been around I mean, actually know what's going to happen and see it. And uh, it, it just changed my whole attitude about what can really happen with just a little bit of dust if there is an explosion in that dust collector. So we're very concerned about that. Uh, again, I guess to kind of sum this up, number one is, is the dust in the air for the health and safety of the people working in the plant and basically their attitude and what goes on in that plant. Again, the equipment as well. The equipment can have the same issues as a person when it comes to having to have that dust with it, whether it's an electrical motor or whatever, it, you could have real issues that we've solved in the past in a lot of plants that they're, they're having a lot of trouble with their electrical systems because of all the dust in the air. The second part of that is, again, if you're going to exhaust the air outside, what do you have to do to meet the EPA requirements or the EPA rules? And the third, and to me, the most important is if the dust is combustible, how do you deal with that? Make safe choices, get the right equipment in there because it is such a hazard and there are risk and hazard analysis that you could do. There's independent companies that do that and they identify the risk that can be at your plant and it will also tell you what the hazards are and, and give you some recommendations of what you need to do to make your plant safe. All right, well, thanks again, John. If you'd like to find out more about this and other topics, simply follow the links in the show notes, which you'll find in the description of this podcast. They include links, contact details, and anything else you might need to get more information. This podcast was produced by Camphill, the world leader in the production and development of air filters and clean air solutions. You can find out more at camphill.com. Be sure to join us for our next episode and be sure to subscribe to get notifications for future episodes. Until then, I'm your host, Jacob Stewart, and this has been Let's Talk Clean Air. Thank you for listening.